Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwomen TV Talk, your weekly podcast following the adventures of Ryan Wilder in the CW's hit show, Batwoman. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? I'm all right. How about you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, I was, I lost track of time at work today, so I didn't start my, like, third rewatch of the episode to, like a half hour beforehand so when we were ready to record i'm like all right give me about 10 minutes and just as i was about to finish up the episode a customer came in mind you it was like five minutes after i was supposed to have closed so i was like you son of a that's okay listen as somebody who watches the episode once literally right before they record like literally sometimes Sometimes our, we delay our starts because I haven't finished yet because I end up getting off work late. So right. I feel you, and I've been there. It's totally fine. Uh, so this week I'm going to be happy as hell to have our to have our uh, truncated silence button because I'm going to be I'm going to be having the 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 episode going pretty much step by step. All right. So other than that. Um, no no news on any of the on any of the front of renewal nothing, although yeah nothing on the renewal front nope the only thing that the cw has renewed so far are three unscripted shows um and then obviously if you believe everything that has been in been online um it seems like it's just about a done deal that flash comes back for what might be its last season some are that's kind of the new wrinkle in the in the uh, rumor mill as far as them coming to terms with a contract for Grant Gustin. Yeah, because I think in one of the articles I read, they said that a multiple-year deal was only wanted to. Yeah, which, I mean, you can't really blame him. He's been doing this for... What will be nine years at that point? Yeah, so almost, you know, almost a decade is pretty long for almost any regular TV show, especially something along the lines of like a superhero show uh but it would also you know everyone was kind you know everyone's been kind of worried about whether or not batwoman's going to get renewed and i said this before like cw has a habit of of at least bringing back the shows for a final season yeah at least at least the arrowverse there are other shows that they will they will end rudely and yes i am talking about the secret circle and no i will never be over that didn't that only last one season though it yeah it lasted one season and it should have at least gotten a second one and the fact that it never has so yeah like i don't think you can really like i don't think you can count shows that only lasted one season i think any sort of any sort of shows that they've had for a while they've at least they've at least brought back as a as a monikered final season like they just you know i can't remember the last time they like canceled something outright that had been around for a few actually the the original series yeah season seven wasn't supposed to be its final season it wasn't even marketed as a, a series finale like i don't think we knew it was ending until i think until the episode like until like right before the episode aired they said series finale in the promo and everybody was like what but yeah, Gilmore, Gilmore Girls never got a final season or even. Well, I mean, it it kind of did. Like it went on to Netflix. Right, but it took like that. I mean, the show went off the air in 2007, and the and the reboot happened in 2016. It took nine years for us to get that closure. Well, all right. So I mean, but if that was the last time it's happened, then that's still a pretty good track record. True. So. This week, we'll be talking about Season 3, Episode 11, Broken Toys, directed by Luke Fox himself. And he did so well! I loved a lot of, of the directing choices in this episode, and it, it felt felt different in a good way. Okay. I've never been one to really, like, pay attention. Like, I just know because they, like, the cast also obviously pumped him up on social media like they were you know they were hyping that this episode he directed and i believe um i believe um 
Oh, what's what's her name? I I can't really remember how to pronounce her first name. The one who played Kelly on Supergirl. Uh, Jimmy James's sister. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Avi, I think it is, or yeah. I, they they did an Instagram live. Uh, Hercia, Candace Patton from The Flash, and Cam, and I watched that live. Hilarious. That was they were they were, they were uh, cooking. cooking. Yeah. 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 So. I really like the fact that all the all the people from these shows are are kind of friends, or at least or at least seem to be like yeah. You know, you'll always because you know, and they kind of have to be too because they all shoot in Vancouver, so it's like you're your own little clique and family because that's all you got. Well, yeah, but like usually, usually it would only be confined like to a show, but where you have like these, you know, you know, two shows now but when supergirl was still around you had like three or four shows all filming at once in the same perimeter it was it almost reminded me of like a um like a college dorm yeah and it's so much fun and like because like i i was watching the live last night because i just like i never used to be able to watch instagram lives on my computer it would never work for me Mm -hmm. before and it was working last night, so I was, like, watching her a lot, like, the live they did to celebrate the episode, and then I went back and watched the live that he did with her last year when they were making, like, this honey shrimp dish. Right. Both of them were hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so it's always great, like, seeing behind-the-scene photos and Instagram Instagram stories. And I know Javisi and Cam were watching the episode together, I think, last night, because I think they're both in L.A. right now, and I think they were going to watch the episode together and kind of have a little watch party, which was nice. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, as we said, it is directed by Cam. So we're going to get into the episode. I will say that, unfortunately, I'll say this off the, off the bat, unfortunately, I was not able to see the the new preview so um, i wasn't either i'll see if there is one i know we don't come back until the 23rd after the olympics because i saw that okay um so uh, there that... might not have even been one but i will check right now yeah as we that... start the episode i will check youtube as that, we speak that was gonna be my question if they if, if, it, if it they at least announced that they uh that they yeah, were we gonna can... take a little bit of a break yep we come back the 23rd which is after the olympics are... all right so we start off with the scenes from last week kind of ending on the fact that Jada spilled the beans that Batwoman is the reason behind all the all the trophies making it out into the public and we come back we come into this episode from the fallout with that with Vesper making a return. Is this this is the is this the first time we've seen her this season or the second time? No, this is like the third or fourth time, but it's been like the first time in a while. Okay, because I know it's been a minute, and I, I did send you the promo, by the way, so we can... Yeah, I saw it. Um, so, yeah, it is it has been a minute. Like, she's only had, like... This might be her third time uh, on the show, because we did have her earlier this season when, when Jada wanted to get something out. Or when Jada, like, started leaking the stuff about, you know, Ryan potentially embezzling from the company, she called up... She called up Vespa, so... She has been she has been here or there, but not nearly as as so prevalent as she in your in seasons past. Right. Uh, so as we're hearing Vespa talking, we have Batwoman, you know, in the Batmobile. They're going over to Mary's clinic because they're worried that with the rain and all the you know some of the little flooding that that came from the last episode that water might get into mary's clinic and if it drops on marcus it'll it'll awaken him and we already know that happened at the end of last episode yeah they get to the clinic and all they find is a little doll in the place of where marcus was pretty much threatening to hurt people that batwoman and ryan are close to now that he knows her identity and the guilt was instantaneous on Mary because she knows that it was her fault. Yeah, which is a reoccurring theme uh, this episode for Mary. Yeah, um, and I don't know if I want to bring this up now or bring this up later, but I did kind of have an issue in this episode with 
Ryan and Luke trying to like make it okay and saying, "Oh, it's fine. It wasn't you." Like, what I mean, she, it, it it wasn't, but that's not helping her process what happened. She still has to live with the memories of what she did. She still has to find a way to come to terms with it. And you not acknowledging how you feel about it and pushing it away and acting like it didn't happen is not going to help her. I guess so, but they're just they're just trying to support their friend. So I don't I don't really blame them, um, and especially given the circumstances. Like like if she didn't if she didn't have those powers and she was just kind of coerced into it, I would have like a little bit more of a I would have a little bit more of a problem with it. But like I agree with them, it's it's not really her fault, and they're trying to give her the support that they feel they didn't give her prior. And, you know, it's just, it's just, you're right, like, Mary doesn't really want to hear it, but at the same time, she's not really, like, being vocal about it either. Like, I, I think, I think they want her to move on, and, and I get it, they want her to be their Mary again, but she has to process what she did, and in order for all of them to really be able to move on and move past what happened... They both have to be honest in the acknowledgement of how they feel towards what she did. Agreed. Um, couple thing. Uh, one thing to note: Mary's back to her normal hair color. Yes. Uh, and she's in a really odd pink ensemble in this scene. Like, I don't know what exactly is going on. I think. I think in that moment, she's just kind of trying to figure out who the hell she is now because, like, she probably doesn't feel. I mean, she was wearing poison ivy outfits for the last however many weeks. And I mean, she rocked all of those outfits, but none of those are her. And then, like, she probably doesn't feel comfortable in her old clothes because she's not exactly, you know, she's not, she's definitely not the old Mary because Mary's been through a lot. So she's just kind of trying to figure it out. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it was like, I, I'm just looking at it and it's a lot, it's a lot of pink is what it yeah. is. Also, it didn't help that she was in such bright colors and they were in such dark sets. So it's like your <laughs> eyes could only go to that outfit because that's all you yeah. can see. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to so after Ryan and Mary kind of have a heart to heart where Ryan's like telling her, look, you know, that was the infection. It wasn't you. You save, you know, you save lots of lives. We go back to we go back to the bar and Luke's like, look, I can't figure out how to get this buzzer to work. He's like, my father would have probably looked at it early, you know, when when Batman got it. And maybe if I had my AI, we could ask him. And they turn around like, hey, Mary, you don't happen to have it on you, do you? Yeah, nope. this was. This she was gave it to moment. Marcus. Yep, this was. And then Luke's face, and then, like, you could see how hurt he was by that. But he pushed it down, and he's like, it's okay. It's good. We're fine. Well, that's what she wanted. She and was that, like, I just wanted to hurt you guys so much. And that would. That, like, when he. When you literally, like, saw him swallow and push down his. This, this, I get that now is not the time because, like, the world is ending. But, like, at some point, they're all going to have to talk about what happened because mm -hmm. Ryan and Luke repressing their feelings about this are only going to have it come back up at a really, really, really bad time. So Alice gives them the Alice gives them the idea of tracking down the person who made the buzzer or okay. or a <laughs> lot of also hilarious, the slurping, because that was basically Alice's way of saying. I know what you need. Help no, this was after. No, this was after she tells them. Okay, but we didn't. We didn't. We didn't really talk about the whole scene where she was like, they're, they're asking, and she's like, she slurped, and then she, that that was like her way of so, saying, I have something to contribute. No, no, no. So she tells them that they should look up, that they should look up who made the buzzer first, and it's a woman named Kiki Roulette. And she's like, you know, he made all, you know, she made all the Joker's toys. So if we can track her down, we can, maybe she can help us put it back together. And she's like, you know, and her and her and Sophie go back and forth because she's like, because Alice is like, I'm a real admirer of her work. And Sophie's like, it killed hundreds of people. <laughs> and so as, 
as Luke finds her, he starts to talk, and then you hear her slurping. (laughs) (laughs) Which, hilarious. (laughs) So, turns out, um, turns out she's been missing. She's not presumed dead. She's, you know, last people knew she was alive. But she hasn't been seen in a while. But luckily, she has a really strong, specific prescription of glasses. So Luke kind of figures out what it is, narrows it down to a possible match who's at a halfway house. And as they're trying to, you know, so he's like, all right, I'll go talk to her. And, you know, uh, Ryan tells her no. Mary volunteers saying, you know, if we're going to use the flower to try and trigger a trigger some nat- a s- synaptic response, you know, a doctor should really be involved. Which <laughs> makes sense. And Sophie's just like, all right, I'll go with her. And again, Ryan's like, no, no, Alice, you'll go because Marcus, you know, thinks you two, you know, he doesn't know you two have turned good. So you guys will be safe. And Alice is really confused by this. Very, very confused. <laughs> She's like, uh, what was that about me not being a bat enemy? Yeah, he's like, uh, when did that happen? Because I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember signing off on this. Ryan goes upstairs, Sophie follows her, and they have a little bit of an argument that Ryan is pushing pushing Sophie away since something happened. Since their kiss happened. Since I, were... it, it never you happened, can, so I don't know what they're talking be, you about. You could be in denial. I, I will say, I, I enjoyed this conversation, but part of me was like, while this conversation is totally warranted and you absolutely need to have this conversation, is now the right time? Yes, because in Gotham, it's never not going to be a good time. It's never not going to be a bad time. I was just like, like, they're, like it just felt like really, really, really bad timing. But and I kind of felt that a lot with Sophie this episode. Like she's she's choosing the like absolute worst moments to speak things that need to be said. You know what? I understand. Like it's Gotham. You're never gonna have a good time as long as you're not in the middle of a fight. It's fine. Uh, well, I mean, they were pretty damn close at one point, but we'll get there later. Uh, Luke comes up and is like, "Hey, Marcus is on TV." So Marcus decked out in Joker apparel and even... I love the purple hair. Yes, that, that, that is a nice, like, braided purple hair look. I, I do really enjoy it. Um, so he's talking about, you know, he's trying to talk about how the poor inmates at Arkham shouldn't be there and the system's failing them, which, you know... Not necessarily, you know, for some of, like, the lower tier people, not necessarily, like, wrong, but wrong. Yeah, when he, when I realized he had a plan for Arkham, I was like, thank oh, yeah. God. I was like, thank the Lord Alice isn't in there anymore. Oh, that would have been so good. I really want to know. And then part of me was like, wait, why am I, like... Like, I'm actually rooting for Alice now. This is like... Because Alice is great. I've been oh, saying okay. it for Al- three Alice, years. Alice is always... But even when she was a great villain, I always still rooted... I, I never really rooted, like, for her, if that makes sense, because she was doing things that made it really hard to root for her. But this season, I find myself really, like, feeling and rooting for Alice... And it's such, she's come such a long way, and it's actually really kind of awesome. Hot take, Alice is the actual hero of the show from season one on. That is a hot take. I mean, I know. I kind of can get it, though. (laughs) Because, I mean, he's been through so much, you can understand her villainous turn, and then... Villainous or misunderstood? I mean, she straight up killed people. While she might have had, she might have had... Her motive, yeah, she definitely was misunderstood, but that into a bill. Killed people or just made them sleep for a really long time? Permanently, also known as death. Uh, We'll have to agree to disagree there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so so basically, whatever Marcus's plan now, it involves either getting Arkham shut down or changed... Or letting all the like loony a, people... 
he wants to do like a work release program. Right, because I mean, Alice is on a work release program. Which yeah, which I mean, I kind of was like, okay, but what's his what's his end game? I mean, I realized what his his end game was in the moment. I think did he just do that just so he could get to um what's his name? Zaz. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, so Ryan is kind of bewildered, and he's like, you know, he had, you know, he had the perfect person, you know, he had the perfect opportunity to out me as Batwoman, and he didn't. And part of Marx's thing is also how Batwoman is caused. You know, he kind of he kind of latched onto Jada's thing a little bit by calling Batwoman the villain. And I I love Sophie. She's like. I love how Sophie's like, apparently the purple hair and the Joker couture was a little too subtle for them, for everyone to realize that, you know, he's evil. Yeah, what did you think of it? What did you think of Marcus's Joker laugh? I loved it. It's, it's good. It's, it's fine. I don't like, I don't know if I would, he, I mean, he, the fact that he does the laugh I like, and he does it well. You know, is it my favorite Joker laugh? No, but you know it's hard to kind of beat Mark Hamill in the animated series. So other than that, you know he's probably he's probably up there. You know, it goes like Mark Hamill laugh, then Jack Nicholson, then probably Marcus, and then Heath Ledger. I don't even know if Heath Ledger really even had a laugh, but so we have we have kind of that pecking order. We have what? We have that kind of pecking order. For, for Joker laughs. Uh, so Ryan also remembers that Jada has a tape of Marcus killing his father, and that might be why Jada has a quote-unquote arrangement with Marcus. Because as long as she's alive, then she won't show that tape to the cops. Right. So Ryan, without saying exactly what it is says you know maybe we can get the evidence that jada has that that she's holding over marcus and it'll help us inside if, what, what, i think her exact line was if it's if it's bad enough to protect jada maybe it'll be good enough to help the yeah so inside of arkham asylum marcus is being given a tour and the warden's like yeah i don't think this uh i don't think this work release thing is a really good idea you know, these are rapists and murderers, and Marcus is like, that. it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, this guy. This guy over here. Mr. Zaz? Yeah, let's let's let him out. I'm sure... I'm sure he's completely rehabilitated. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. We have Mary and Alice pulling up to the halfway house, and Mary asks Alice if it ever gets easier living with the things that they've done. And she's like, don't say it's my fault, because that's what the Bat team's been telling me. And Alice is like, well, that's probably because they think you're too emotionally fragile to hear the truth. That no, it's it was, totally it's your fault. My, yeah, because it was, don't say it's not my fault. Yeah. That's not what you said. <laughs> so Alice is like, it's totally your fault, and changing your hair back doesn't change that fact. And then Alice, who, let's be, let's be honest, like... Alice, I think, missed her natural calling as a psychiatrist. I will say, I the beginning of the scene, like when she said, "It's totally your fault." Like I was like, "Yes, see, this, I this is kind of what Mary, unfortunately, I think needs to hear. She need, I, she needs somebody to validate what she's feeling, not try to make right. her feel better." And then she walks. And then she gives her the whole burying of the feeling. I was no, like, it's it's great advice. You take that feeling, you pack it down deep, you throw some, you know, you know, everybody dies. Sprinkle on a little bit of oh, he probably did some bad stuff too. Like these are all. This is all sound advice. I support it one hundred percent. And this is the, this is the moment where my heart physically hurt for Alice because Mary was like but but I'm not a sociopath and and she didn't say anything and this this was this was excellent acting on Rachel's part you could see how the words hit her on a deep level that Mary thinks of her as a sociopath because 
I think Alice thought that they were beyond that. She didn't say anything, but it was all over her face. And the look on her face in that moment wounded me. They get out of the car. They go talk to the person who is in charge of the halfway house. They ask about Kiki. She's like, oh, she was here, but she's no longer here. And, you know, we're kind of glad because she didn't really fit in. Mary's like, all right, thanks. Sorry to bother you. Alice puts a knife to her throat and then says, crazy knows crazy, Kiki. That was great. It was an excellent reveal. Yeah. Over at the apartment, Luke is getting ready to is getting ready to storm Wayne Tower while Marcus is at Arkham Asylum. And Sophie's like, all right, I am going to help you. And Luke's like, oh, no, no, no. Right, I am not putting you I'm not putting you in the field with whatever is going on between you and Ryan. Yeah. I, I did I did love this whole this whole talk between them cuz Sophie's like, well, nothing I mean, I kissed her, but like she's not reacting to it and like Sophie is so thrown with which I get. But I really do love the Sophie Luke dynamic because she's like, I'm the only one on the bat team who has actual training in weapons. So maybe right. you want to use me and not just keep me on the sidelines. And he's like, well, yeah. So he's like, all right, you can help. Then we have Ryan walking into Jada's office. Holy crap. Yeah. Her outfit. Ryan's or Jada's or both. Ryan's. I loved this outfit. I loved her hair. I just, I loved everything about it. Like, this is, like, that is an outfit. An excellent outfit. Like, honestly, her entire wardrobe this entire season has been top tier. Yes. So we have a little scene going back and forth with Jada and, Jada and Ryan talking about, you know, how, you know, Jada says her and Marcus have an arrangement. And Ryan's like, you know, you really need to stop. You really need to, you know, stop protecting him because he, you know, he needs to, he needs help. And, you know, by protecting him, you're not going to, we're not going to be able to get him the help he needs. And it's a really nice back and forth scene. It is. Until. Until. And this moment scared the crap out of me. Like all of a sudden you have, like you have her, I don't know if he's a bodyguard or what, come in and uh, announce this guy. Who doesn't and have then, an appointment. Who doesn't have an appointment. And then all you, a gunshot, and the guy falls to the floor. I literally went holy thing as I was watching. Because <laughs> that moment took my breath. Jada and Ryan kind of looked at each other like. Yep. It's Mr. Zaz, who's so excited to see Ryan. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought for a second that Ryan was completely screwed. Right. Like Marcus had told him who she was. Well, didn't he know from their last go-round? Maybe, but I think if he did, like, I don't see why he wouldn't say something. Because he, because it feels like he knows mainly from what he, well, he knew Ryan. Right. So he knew Ryan's back, and then, and I think because he knew Ryan, he was able to figure out that Ryan was Batwoman. I'm sure one of our listeners will be able to tell us, but I'm pretty sure he knew and that Marcus did not need to tell him. I don't think so. I believe... I believe uh, he knows Ryan from right, but because from he, um, her ex, right, from her ex and everything that happened with Angelique. But because he knows Ryan so well, I think he was able to figure out that Ryan was Batwoman. I miss Angelique. Anyway, so we come back from commercial, and Jada is getting the tape out of the safe, out of the safe to give to Zaz and. Zaz is like, oh, you know, I'm going to kill you both anyway, so, you know, just so you know. And and Jada's like, you know, how about, you know, you can kill me, but letting my daughter go free. And then Mr. Zaz is just like, wait a second. I thought your mom died. I thought your first mom, or mom one, died in childbirth, and then you got adopted by mom two, who also died. So how does so how this make your dead mom Jada, number three? <laughs> your soon-to-be-dead mom number three. Which, if we did, if we did not name these episodes after the title of the episode, I would almost want to name this episode "Dead Mom Number Three. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I, I know we talked about Zaz when he was on last time. But I feel like he's much more charismatic in this. Yeah. 
in this episode to the point where like I couldn't really like place it who he was reminding me of. I'll tell you who who he was reminding me of, but you're not gonna like it. Go ahead. Lex Luthor, John Cryer. Oh no, you're just saying that because of the bald head. No, um, no, it, but, but some some of a lot of his delivery and stuff, the, it landed for me. I I actually put it more towards um, him doing like a Ryan Reynolds impersonation. But he he really because I, if I remember correctly, when we discussed him the last time, you were not thrilled with that particular take. Oh no, I was because I I enjoyed it because it's a little bit more comic accurate. No, this time yes, but the first time I don't think you enjoyed it. If I if I remember correctly, the first time we saw him, it, it was so different from the comics that it threw. I honestly I don't remember. Like I I remember liking him. I might have I might have wanted like maybe a different person playing him. Like maybe I wasn't too hot on his delivery, but I did kind of like what they were doing with the character. Uh, so basically, he tells them he's like, hey, you know, you guys have one hour to live because. Marcus wants Batwoman here to watch you both die. I don't know why, but that's what he wants. And I just thought of something. Do you think Marcus set that up as a test for Jada to figure out that Ryan was Batwoman? I think he wanted to have Ryan see her mother die, you know, again. Because I think he figured that, um, see, my thinking, and I'm I'm thinking this through as we're talking because this literally just popped into my head, but my thinking is that he would want Ryan to be exposed as Batwoman. And knowing how much Jada dislikes Batwoman would make her dislike Ryan. Didn't yeah, quite but he's, work, he's, but Right, but he's killing Ryan, he's killing Jada anyway, so I really think it was I think it was more of just to have Ryan watch her actual birth mother die and kind of take any sort of any sort of you know, reconnecting or even finding out who her actual father is. You know, maybe her father's still alive. Yeah. Over at the halfway house, we have Mary and Alice talking to Kiki about the buzzer. And Kiki is Kiki's like, you know, I could probably get this to work, but I would need my tools that are all that's back at the Joker hideout. And then she tells them how she, you know, has been working real hard to make amends for all the stuff, all the bad things that she's done. And you can see Alice, you can see Alice paying particular attention to the fact that, you know, it, it sounds like Kiki is really sorry for what she's done. Yeah, Mary, too. Yes, but we already know Mary's sorry. You know, Mary's kind of looking like, how, how did you, how did you deal with the guilt? How did you move past? Because she's and, trying to find a way to do that. Right. And Kiki's like, you know, you just have to, you know, you just have to start doing things, like, help people. You know, turn. You know, try and make a difference in people's lives. Help them. You know, rehabilitate them. Do something positive to kind of counteract the negative you've done. Back over at the, back over at Jeturian, while they're still being held hostage, it finally comes out what actually happened. This scene was so good. Oh my God, Javicia and Robin slayed this scene. Holy crap. So we find out that yes, while while Jada did give Ryan up at birth, she did not pay the doctor two million dollars to tell to fake her death. The two million dollars were to go for Ryan with an adoptive family that supposedly the doctor had set up and the two million was so that you know, the family had money that they could you know, they didn't have to worry about spending money on Ryan or, you know, Ryan. To make not... sure that Ryan wanted for nothing. Right. You know, so like this family could have a child and not have to ever worry about providing for the child. But it turns out the doctor stole the money and left, left... Ryan at a fire station. Yep. Which I, this whole scene and the scene that comes later, um, was so good and at first I almost thought it was the way Ryan was eyeing that pen like it was almost like she needed to kind of distract him in order to be able to set up to be able to attack him yeah 
But then so much, like, she, so much stuff came out that mm. it obviously wasn't a ploy. But, wow, would the, these scene, this scene and another scene coming up in a few minutes were probably my two favorite scenes. Yeah. So, Ryan tells Jada to duck as their time expires and Zaz is about to kill them. Ryan throws the pen, hitting Zaz in the shoulder, takes him down, and Jada... This was a badass fight scene. Oh my god. Jada, who's in the corner, just like, hey, you're Batwoman. What was my favorite, though, (laughs) is like, you literally heard the Batwoman theme as you had the look of realization on her face, which I thought was like a really awesome score choice in that moment, because before she even said anything, you heard the Batwoman theme, and it's like, Oh crap, Jada knows now. I mean, you could kind of see it on her face, but hearing it in that, hearing the theme was kind of like the moment that was like, oh yeah. Yeah. We go to the Joker's hideout and we see relics of Joker's, of Joker's stuff over the years. We see the playing cards. We see a giant mallet. (laughs) We see a teddy bear that Alice is really happy to see. Talking Teddy, which was the hottest. Yeah, I it was the hottest toy Alice for Christmas. A, I love that Alice is like a Joker toy fangirl. It's hilarious. Yep. And she was like, this was the hottest toy. This was the hottest toy for Christmas that year. Little did everyone know when you pulled the string to make him talk, it <laughs> blew up. And she's like, I wonder how many people were killed. And Kiki's like, five adults, two children, three. <laughs> and then 12 more injured. And... Uh, you know, he's like, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, get that out of your head? And she's like, you don't, you remember, you know, you remember it every day. And then she talks about what her therapist tells her. And she's like, look, I had all the excuses. The Joker made me do it. It wasn't me. But she was like, you know, when I did that, my mind started playing tricks on me. I would see my victims everywhere. And Alice is like, what did you do to make it stop? Because Alice is realizing, like, that's what Alice is going through. Yeah. And she's like, I just accepted responsibility for what I'd done. And that kind of, you know, that kind of done it, you know, that kind of did it. I should have seen that. I should have seen coming from this scene um, what we find out later, but I totally didn't. But this scene makes what Alice wants later in the episode make make so much sense. Uh, Kind of. Although if you if you rewatch the scene in the if you rewatch the scene in the halfway house when they're actually talking about the buzzer and and Kiki says that in theory uh using the buzzer on on somebody with a mental you know with like a you know an empathy imbalance like Marcus has it it would open up those you know, neural it would open pathways. up the it would open up the neural pathways and get them back to normal. And you see a you do see like a reaction from Alice that yeah, I when totally I went back and re- yeah when I I so did I the first time I was watching it. So when I was rewatching it today, I noticed that look and I was like, ah, all right, I see, I see what they did there. And I actually and that's actually such a cool little thing. Like, I didn't realize that it was for anybody with an empathy imbalance. I literally thought the joy buzzer could only reverse what the joy buzzer damaged. Right. Right. But, like, that's what, you know, that's the revelation we get from Kiki. God, they're setting, they're setting up some, um, like, they're setting up for some amazing season end cliffhangers and potential story for season four as well, just in this episode. And it's kind of awesome. Yeah. When we so from there we go over to Wayne Tower with Sophie mm. and Luke breaking in. And <laughs> Sophie, this, this is what I'm talking about. You have the worst timing. Like you're in the middle of breaking in to Wayne Tower, and this is the moment you choose to vent about your relationship issues with Ryan. Well, they don't have a relationship, so there's no relationship issues. Uh, well, their lack of relationship is the current issue that she's venting about. Yep. But I'm just like. Not that I, I loved, I, believe me, I, I loved that she wants to be with Ryan and like, but this was just not the time. Like you're literally in the middle of breaking into Wayne Tower. There's about so, 700 other times in which this is, this conversation could come up. Now is not it. So Sophie is, 
you know, telling Luke about this girl that she likes, that she's liked for a while. He's like, um, how long is a while? Does it matter? He's like, well, it does to me. He's like, wait, <laughs> did you like her when you thought she was a criminal? And he's like, I'm not answering that. Like, well, you opened the door. Right. So it's obvious. See, now it's obvious that Sophie is talking about Ryan's ex. No. Sophie is not talking about Angelique. Sophie is sure talking she about is. Ryan. No. You are living in delusional land, and I don't have time for delusional land today. <laughs> Over. So they find the, they find the AI, put it back in, and Luke's like, "All right, Dad, we need your help. We have, we have Mr. Zaz being arrested, who, who seems really invested in the, in the emotional story of Ryan and Jada. Very." invested <laughs> before we leave the uh before we leave the rain tower we also know that they now have access to marcus's laptop because that was just lying around and this is my favorite he's, he looked he looked at the ai he's like hey dad want to help us hack a laptop <laughs> so so mrs as is being taken away he's like you, you got me right in the heart you two <laughs> and they're just shaking their hilarious head. hilarious and then th- this was my other favorite of the episode because Jada's like, "What? where do we go from here? And Ryan's like, well, based on your past behavior, you call up, um, what's Rachel Maddow's character's name? Uh, Vespa, but um, she says uh, Dana DeWitt, who was, the, who was the reporter that she did the sit down with to say Batwoman was the uh, problem. Gotcha. You call Dana DeWitt and you out me as Batwoman. And she's like, I would never do that to you. And she's like, oh, really? Because you came after me as CEO of Wayne Enterprises. And then you come after me as Batwoman. All you've ever done is take away anything good in my You think that just because you wanted to give me $2 million that that makes that okay? Yeah, she's like, you know what would have been better than $2 million? So having a having a mom who cared about me and unfortunately I had to wait 14 years to get that. I mean and just oh just the whole scene was just so good. To be fair, what's better than 2 million is 3 million, Ryan. But money didn't matter to her. She wanted a mom. I mean, Jada thought she was giving her one. Like here's the thing. If is But, but Jada also never bothered to check to make sure that she was okay. She took the doctor's word for it. Took gave gave walk, gave the two million dollars and just went on assuming that everything was okay. And had she bothered to check to see that her child was actually in foster care, maybe Ryan could have been saved a little bit sooner than fourteen years old. And it's... that's why Ryan's upset because she never bothered to check. She just assumed everything was fine and went on about her life. Yeah. So Ryan gets a call from from luke and sophie saying hey marcus is gonna send mr zaz after jada and brian's like yeah i i know but wait, it's already been taken care of and sophie's like well luke broke into wayne tower no, and she's like, luke and i broke into wayne tower and she's like wait you did what and she's like yep i did because i'm not uh you are i don't have to listen to you I'm not sure anything, therefore I can do what I want. Brian didn't quite know what to say to that. Yeah. Like, you're not my keeper, and you're not my anything. You're right, Sophie. You're not her anything. And Brian yes. looks like, uh, can we can we fight about this later? Can we fight about this later? Like, please? And then they realize that Marcus has been in contact with... Kiki. Yep. Which, that threw me for a loop. I didn't see that coming. Yep. So, back over at back over the Joker's hideout and Kiki's like, alright, I fixed it, but it only has one charge left and that's the good news. And Alice is like, well then what's the bad news? And Kiki just starts laughing and hey. says, oh, it's really bad, because you see, now that this thing's working again... Marcus may not need you alive. Anymore. And then Alice is like, I should have seen that coming. And then in comes Marcus and his guards. Well, no, and... then Alice... Alice grabs a gun from the from the case oh, and right. goes to shoot her, and, and it it's one bang. of the it yeah. It says bang. She's like, I really should have seen that coming. And I'm like, Yes, Alice, you really should have seen that coming. And then in comes and his men, and they t- they take Mary and Alice hostage. She's like, Yeah, yeah. you've seen that coming too. Yep. 
like Alice, Alice should have seen a lot of that stuff coming. But but more importantly, the fake gun she definitely should have saw coming. Absolutely. As soon as she grabbed it, I'm like, oh, that's not gonna work. That's absolutely bad. Uh, I did also like the laugh Kiki had. Yes. Everyone's everyone's sinister laugh was on point this week, and I am I am pleased. Me too. So, now that now that uh, Marcus has Mary and Alice, and Kiki's got the buzzer, so now Marcus has the buzzer, which I'm sure would totally fine. Like I I'm sure he won't. I don't know exactly who Marcus. Who do you? Because they don't tell you. I would assume Marcus wants to use the buzzer on on Ryan. Does Marcus want to use the buzzer or want to make sure the buzzer isn't used on him? I think Marcus wants to use the buzzer. See, I think it's a self-preservation thing. I think he likes the way well, he is. He doesn't want to change the way he is. So as long as he has the buzzer, he knows that nobody can try to change who he is. I mean, that. I mean that's a side effect of it, but I also think he wants to use the buzzer on somebody. Him using it never even crossed my mind. I, I always thought it was just um, a self-preservation thing. And so, so as we come back from commercial, Marcus shows up at Wayne Tower with his security force and has now Mary Alice with Kiki and Luke and Sophie with Marcus. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus wants to use the buzzer on Sophie. Why? Well, if what you say is even remotely true... That would be to hurt Ryan, which he said he wants to do. I he would take you. away he would take away so- Sophie's empathy, turn her into like Marcus. So Kiki tells him over the phone that they got the joy buzzer and that there's one there's one charge left. Batwoman shows up while she's on the phone and says, "Good, that's all I'm gonna need." Which yep. is a great line, epic entrance. I loved it. Marcus kind of threatens her with going public with her identity and she's like you won't do that because the moment you say my name they'll know how much i accomplished with nothing and how you had everything and you did very little yeah which going which was something we didn't get a chance to to touch on in the 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 ryan jada scene the second one she said like you had nothing and look at everything you accomplished and i gave marcus everything and look how that turned out so maybe you really were better off yeah so Marcus naturally threatening Luke and Sophie, and Sophie's like, "Hey, remember when I said I could take care of myself? I meant it." And a really epic fight scene. The fight scenes in this episode were amazing. Yeah, Alice, Mary, and Batwoman take out the thugs over at the Joker's old hideout. Luke and Sophie take out the thugs in Wayne Tower, and it's nice intercut back and forth. Yeah, this was really cool. This Kiki. was well-directed. Well this was well-edited. It was great. Kiki goes running off, and so the two people we see, like, Mary take out, she, she like, back kicks one between the legs. <laughs> and then, I don't know if she... She's got, like, a batarang, I think, or something in her hand, and she... I thought it was the heel of her shoe. Was it? Cause I don't she know. Does... That's that's what I thought it was, but oh. I could be wrong. Because she gives like a slicing motion, and the guy falls, and I'm like, "Did Mary just kill somebody else? <laughs> like, what the hell, Mary? Like, listen, when people are trying to attack you, you do what you need to do. Look, don't get me wrong. You're right. Like this time, it's totally like self-defense, and it's fine. But, like, for poor Mary, who's, like, traumatized over killing one person, and then she just, like, zip, kills another one. But she doesn't. Like, it just, I don't know what, I don't know what she did, but she does make, like, a slashing motion. So I don't know if she had, like, a, like, I thought she had had, like, a battering or something, or... I just thought it was the heel of her shoe. I could be wrong. Yeah, but, so she doesn't, she doesn't kill anybody, though. Don't worry, guys. And then... From here, we go to... Sorry, I was... <laughs> I was like, I gotta sneeze, and so I turned my mic away, Ooh. and then it was... And then the sneeze didn't happen, so... I hate when that happens. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So we go to commercial after the fight scenes of everybody being triumphant. When we come back from... When we come back from commercial, we have the start of the wrapping up of this episode, which... um. 
goes goes a little hard in the resolving resolving issues department. Well, I think because it's also setting up other issues yeah. that are going to be pre- like I think they needed to wrap certain stuff up because they like the joy buzzers was the last and the battle for the joy buzzer and what's going to happen. Right. But I, um, yeah. did did we open with Batwoman and Jada on the roof or Mary and Alice in the subway? We open with Jada on the roof with Batwoman. Uh, they're on the roof of Jaturian Enterprises. Uh, Batwoman shows up, and Jada's like, "Well, that's uh, that's quite an entrance." And she's like, "Well, we lost the buzzer. Marcus has it now. I just wanted you to know so you can be ready." And I, she says something like, "I apologize that I couldn't." couldn't I wasn't able it. to stop him. I wasn't able to stop him, and she says, "I feel like that's something to you." Right. She's like, "I failed him. I failed you." I'm a failure, Ryan. Ryan takes off her 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 mask wig combo. I will say the and we did kind of talk about it a little bit last season, but the wig on the bat suit is so much more natural that seeing Ryan take it off and I'm like, crap, that's not her actual hair. Yeah, I know. Me too. I had that moment. It's yeah. It's so much. It's so much more natural, and I think it's because we know it could be Ryan's hair. Like if she yeah. wanted it to be, it absolutely could be. Yeah. So Jada talks about you know how she, you know how she puts up walls to protect her from you know emotional being emotional with people, and Ryan's like that's where I get it from. With, yeah, that was what that was. A really kind of nice. We have Marcus now, uh, not Marcus, we have Luke talking to his dad, AI, and he's like, I'm sorry, but I, I put on the suit, and his father's like, you know, don't be, you learned, you learned that you didn't need the suit to be, to be a hero, and I'm proud of you, and Luke's like, well, you could have just told me that from the start. But he needed to figure that out on his own. Yeah. We go over to the Joker's hideout. And we have Marcus there with Kiki, and Marcus is just kind of taking everything in. I think this is the first time he's actually been to the Joker's old hideout, and he finds a room full of Joker gas canisters. And I wonder that's... if this is weird for Marcus because he's basically turning himself into the person into what he is. Now. I don't know. Uh, and Kiki shows up, and she's like, "It's got one buzz left, so who's gonna get the last laugh?" And Marcus is laughing hysterically along with Kiki. One thing we did find out was all the stuff that Kiki talked about when uh, she was talking about, like, her therapist. She was like, that was all true. Like, what I did after that wasn't. But what, all, you know, what my therapist said was all true. However, my, ther- my therapist was Harleen Quinzel, which is Harley Quinn. So... Which- Okay, I, I didn't quite hear the name that she said, but I knew it was I knew it was significant. But now that you said it, I realized who it was. So. Yeah, yeah. Harleen Quinzel is Harley Quinn's real name when she was uh, when she was a psychiatrist at Arkham. So I do like I do like how she gets the mention. Yeah, that was cool. Then we have Mary showing up at the at Alice's home, the abandoned train. Mary's all in black, and she's gonna go to the wake for the yep. hunter that she killed. Yep, and she has, Al, you know, she, she crammed as has much. She a, a go bag for Alice filled with as yep. much of her stuff and money as she could possibly find. And Alice doesn't want to leave, which at first I thought was going to be for Mary, but then realizing that she wants it because she wants the joy buzzer and she wants Mary to be the one to get it for her, I was like, oh wow, that took like that took a turn and a turn I'm really excited for, like the battle. Right, because she doesn't. She doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to be a sociopath anymore. Nope, she wants and to be I, death, basically. Right. I did not see this coming. I should have, but I didn't. And I kind of love it, to be honest. Like, the battle for the Joy Buzzer is going to be really into who gets it, what they do with it. Um, a, like, they are also potentially setting up a great story for season four, if Alice is the one to get the buzz, like next season, we can see her kind of rediscovering her emotions, and that can be her season four story. Right. Like, so Mary Mary tells Alice, you know, all the stuff that Kiki said, you know, even though she was kind of lying, she wasn't wrong. Like, this is what I need to do. 
and that's when she's like, you know, I, here's this bag, so you guys, so you can get as far away from Gotham since you're a wanted criminal again. And Alice is like, no, I wanna, I can't leave yet. And she's, and Mary's like, you know, what do you possibly have to stay? She's like, well, what if I wasn't Alice? I don't want to be her anymore. I don't want to be a sociopath. And Mary kind of figures out what she's talking about. And Mary's kind of excited, too. And she's like, I can help you. She's like, good, because I need you to get the joy buzzer for me. I don't think that that's what Mary she said. I, I also like Alice's response. She's like, when Mary's like, I can help you. She's like, good, because I'm the kind of gal who doesn't like to do any of the hard work. <laughs> that's true. And then she's like, I need, yo, I need the joy buzzer. And she's like, but we need that for Marcus. And she's like, yeah, but you have but a sister. You have a sister who needs it more. Now we go over to the bar with Ryan and Sophie. And, and Sophie's, Sophie's like, look, if you're going to yell at me, you know, I'm, you know, I can handle myself and I'm not your damsel. And that totally wasn't what Ryan was calling her for, but I get why she thought that it was. Ryan's like, it's it's not for that. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, I'm not calling to yell at you. I'm calling to actually talk to you and to kind of tell you where my head's at. Yeah. She's like, you know, I, I've lost a lot of people. I don't let people in. I put up a wall. And the whole superhero thing gives me an excuse to keep doing that. She's like, I get it, so I won't push. And she's like, and, you don't have to. And then she kisses her. And, and Sophie's then, like, I get it. And then the episode ends. Nope, nope, nope. No, it does. It does. Nope. Yep. They, they have admitted they have acted on their feelings. And no. Sophie and Ryan are now together. And I'm so no. happy. And I don't I know freaking, what alternate version of this episode you, you watch. I freaking told you so. I've been telling you all season that they have been building to this. Hell, they, they were building no. it they were building it no no they were building it kind of last season too but i told you the minute that i told you from the episode in Cor- on coriana oh no that was last season last that was season last was, season that was last season but i told you last season from the episode on coriana when ryan almost died that they were building to sophie and ryan and a year later here we are i told so no we so from there sophie goes out finds a one night stand no, who no, who no. apparently can't figure out how to how to undo a belt buckle. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan had an issue with with those, so Sophie's like, you know what? Fine, I'll just flip you over and do it myself. <laughs> and so so as this as the scene that doesn't actually happen is going on, and like you had made the comment about Cam directing this episode, and I'm like, I told you, like, I really. I really hope Cam was like, because you were like, oh, you know, it was probably that awkward to have a friend of yours doing, you know, directing you in this scene. And I'm like, I really hope if I was like, if I was Cam, I would make it as awkward as humanly possible. You know, obviously, obviously not doing anything negative or wrong, but just like giving her crap about the scene. Like, all right, no, when you're when you begin with like as great as they end up looking on screen like you're basically bearing all for at least 10 to 15 people on the set and you have uh, sometimes to... no there's there's been a lot of instances where like especially in movies and in tv shows there have been a lot of instances where like when it comes to stuff like that, especially if oh, yeah, no, they'll definitely close the set. But even even when you close the set and limit the people, you still have at least three cameramen plus the sound guy plus the director of the episode. Um, sometimes, but I mean, but you're right. Like it, you're right. It is it is generally generally like that. Like you're performing, you know, you're essentially performing in front of people. But I like I would really want Cam to like to to give it levity being like I, being like no that's not how you take off a belt buckle or you know and i know jbc said instagram live that they did last night that um she actually did feel very comfortable having cam direct her because she did you know she said you actually directed me through a lot of stuff that i'd never done before um and it, it felt really good to have you there like helping me through that 
So that, you know, it's... It was that she's... That she's never done before on set? On screen, yeah. Like, I don't I don't okay. think she's ever filmed a love... Like, I don't think she's ever filmed a love scene before. Uh, I don't know much about her history prior I to know she that never woman. Had one, I know she never had one. I was going to say, like, that's the only other thing I know her from. And, yeah, that doesn't seem like a, something that would have happened on on that show. No, it did not. Um. So, yeah, so that is... That is uh, the end of the episode. And we are off until February 23rd. Yes, we are. Um, So all we got was a very quick, we got a very quick um, 21 second clip of kind of like various people holding the joy buzzer. Oh, we actually get a clip at the very end of the trailer of Alice holding the joy buzzer and pressing it to her head. Ooh, let me see. Like only two episodes left. God, that makes. Yep. I'm watching this without sound right now, and even that is so intense. Yeah. So Marcus has the joy buzzer. Alice has the joy buzzer at the end, and then she presses it to her head. So now the question becomes: Was the joy buzzer already used? Yeah. I'm very interested to see what happens. We also have a brief clip of um, a group of people in cloaks sitting Which around is- a circle. Which really, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, introduce somebody in the last two episodes, I really hate you. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, un- yeah. Unless that's like the unless that's the sting for the for the end of the season, um, because this also looks like this also, you know, I don't know if that is a promo just for the next episode or if it yeah, kind no, of clips of all the other ones. I think it's a promo just for the next episode because they specifically say Wednesday, um, February 23rd. So they I think everything in that promo is going to happen when we come back. Yeah. So we'll we'll find out uh, what is going to happen from there. But overall, it was a good episode. It I, was. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, nothing nothing really big happened except finding out a little bit about uh, what happened when Jada put Ryan up for adoption. Uh, yeah. You really, really, really have to snap yourself out of this fan fantasy world that you're living in. Sophie and Ryan happened. They are a thing. I no, nope. I told you, like, you really should listen to. We're going to come back in the next episode and we're going to find out that that um, after they. So one of the things I didn't say, like that scene went on for a little bit and then like. When Sophie flips the person over, Ryan, and she starts kissing down her body, I started wondering like how far they were actually gonna go on right? this. And <laughs> just as like her head, just as her head like moves out of fr- like goes down out of frame, the episode cut, and I'm like, well, thank God because I'm watching this in a store. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because and. I was surprised at how much that they showed because the CW never, ever shows. I was happy. Believe me, I was thrilled, but I was. So uh, what we're going to find out is at the um, at the beginning of next episode, we're going to find out that uh, Sophie used the wrong R name. <laughs> yeah. OK. And when we come back after glow and happiness, what are you going to do? I mean, we're, it's not going to happen, so... You also swore that we were not going to get anything more than a kiss, which the kiss you also swore would... So, I don't see. know what you're... I don't know what show you're watching. None of this happened. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Last season, you refused to acknowledge anything having to do with Allison. Like, refused. And this season, you refused to acknowledge anything having to do with Ryan and Sophie, and yet everything I said has true. So Sophie maybe- and who? Ryan and Sophie. No, last season. No, I said o- Ocean and Alice. Oh, no. Thank God Ocean's dead. But we still get to see him. No, we don't. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen him since the first episode. And I swear to God, <laughs> if he shows up next episode, I am blaming you for mentioning his name. Wasn't there a set pick that we still have to see? No. No, there wasn't. <laughs> I, I swear to God. I will blame you because he's like Candyman. <laughs> okay, but if Alice does end up ending, no, if Alice ends up taking the joy buzzer shot, 
and we get a journey through her subconscious as she reawakens her emotions, one of the things she could end up seeing is a manifestation of ocean. No, go away. <laughs> That's it. I'm ending the I'm ending the episode right now. Let us know what you thought about this episode and the delusions that Tony Ann has. Or the delusions that nope. you have. I live in the real world. No, you can you can email us at Batwoman TV Talk. You can tweet us at Batwoman TV Talk. You can tweet at me at Academy Rewind. Where can the people tell you you are absolutely wrong? People can tell me I am absolutely right and come rejoice in the wonderfulness that is Ryan and Sophie over at XO Tony Roney XO on Twitter. All right. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you all in three weeks where Renee and Sophie are together again. And until then, uh, you guys have a good rest of February. If you want to enjoy the Olympics, I I suggest you do. I always like the Winter Olympics. Me too. Uh, I like the skating. I like the skating and I like um, uh, curling. I absolutely love curling. Ooh, curling is fun. Absolutely. So until then, everyone, you guys have a great night, wonderful week, wonderful month. And until next time, they are shining the bat signal out in the sky. So we're going to head on out of here. See you later, everyone. Bye, everybody.